1: An old friend returned to town, and boy, did Cincinnati show him some love. Kyle Farmer is making the most of his time on the hot corner for the Reds, and the bottom of the lineup is delivering when it matters most. Oh, and zoinks! TJ Zoik is on the mound for the Reds tonight. We are going to talk about all that and more right now on today's Locked on Reds. Let's go.
0: You are Locked On Reds, your daily Cincinnati Reds podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.
2: You are Locked On Reds with myself, Jeff Carr, and my co-host, Stephen Offenbaker. We are lifelong Cincinnati Reds fans who have turned an addiction into information for you. You are Locked On Reds, which is part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thanks for making us your first listen. We are free and available on all platforms. And on today's episode, we are going to talk a lot about the bottom of the lineup and how it's really been driving the red scoring as of late, going to look at the second installment of the TJ Zoik era, but we have got to get started first, Steve, with the magnificence that has been the third base performance of Kyle Farmer listen
1: i i just i can't tell you just how impressive he's really been i mean it's not been a giant sample size it's not been something that we can we can say is how it's going to be forever but man he's killing it over there 10 games he's slashing 417 462 444 since moving to the hot corner jeff
2: i know what i see when i'm watching baseball and i know that kyle farmer's been good at third base he has shown himself and it's something that i think of When we were talking about Kyle Farmer in the preseason and saying, well, you know, he's going to start the season at shortstop. We'd really like to see him as a super utility player that can be moved all over the field and things like that. I almost wonder, and especially next year when things are still going to be kind of in flux like this. I think we should be talking about him as the everyday third baseman. And I know that it's weird to make that assumption after 10 games, which again, in those 10 games, he has slashed amazing. He's hit really well. He's had 15 hits. Only one of them has been extra base hits. But I, I, I think I know what I see in Kyle Farmer. And I think that is, dare I say, a leader on this team until we see some dudes come up through the minor leagues and take him to uh, take him out of the everyday lineup.
1: Listen, I am so tempted to use words right now like gamer or ball player. Gritty. Or captain or gritty. and it's grinder. I wish I could tell you that you're wrong about him being a leader, and I think that you're not. And I think, I think that, you know, you and I both have some strong thoughts about what it should look like for him at third base going forward. And I think he has some interesting thoughts on him playing third base. And in fact, let's go to Kyle farmer right now and just get some of his feedback on making the move to the hot corner for the reds.
3: Yeah. I mean, it's not easy. It's third base is completely different than shortstop. And, um, but I think if you can play short, you can play anywhere in the field and, um, just I've been fortunate enough to be tested pretty early in, in some difficult plays, and uh, I'm just happy to make them positive. I think it, uh, playing third, it kind of takes my mind off of defense, I guess you could say, and we're short stuffy. I mean, you're kind of controlling the whole infield, the whole outfield, and I mean, you're, controlling, you're the captain on the field, and you have to control everything. So I think going to third is kind of taking a break off my body and, and just um, kind of just relaxing.
2: I love just that he said it relaxing. takes his – yeah, I love that he said it takes his mind off of defense because I think his defense has actually been better at third base than it was at shortstop. Like, the plays that he has been making, and, and he really talked about later on as well, he, he mentioned the, the charging in and the barehanded play that he has made a couple of times over the last few days. He's gotten so
1: comfortable with that, and I'm like, he looks so good doing it. He does. I mean, listen, Jeff, I have never watched a guy play third base at the major league level and not thought at least once per game that that guy was going to die with the way that <laughs> balls just get smoked down there but he has really made a very seamless transition to third base he he he's pretty much uh you know Gino looked rough over there at times uh you know maybe the last guy that was was this smooth at third base was when they brought in Scott Rowland I don't know maybe yeah maybe I, that, I think know. it's
2: fair to say in fact I wrote that in the notes so you reading that is probably why you're a little bit hesitant to say that. But I, I, I'm I, going to say it. I think that in these 10 games, he has shown us to be the best defensive third baseman that the Reds have had since Scott Rowland.
1: I think so. I mean, it's and it's like this saying that we think he should be the the everyday third baseman next year. Yeah. I think I agree with that and I think he should be the everyday third baseman until such time that one of these youngsters that we have hyped up and we've talked about that the Reds have acquired and brought into the minor league system until one of those guys come to Cincinnati and take it away from him they are going to have to wrestle that base away from his cold dead hands that's what's going to have to happen and and I'm here for it I want to see that kind of competition I want to see that battle I want to see it play out and if one of those guys can come take it from him great that means we're in that much of a better situation to build a contender but uh, until someone does that I think he is shown at least against left handed pitching he needs to be in this lineup hitting and he can play a a tremendous be an asset be a tremendous defensive asset at third base
2: and in case you missed Steve saying that we've officially entered the youngsters stage of lockdown reds, but yeah, when we look at Kyle farmer, he has so much value to this team, a team that is in transition looking to get to their next period of contention. And Kyle farmer is immensely valuable to this reds team. And honestly, I, there's a, there's a conversation to be had whenever the Reds are finally good again, where does he fit in on a good team? But on this Reds team, he deserves to be playing every day and they have him. He's not a free agent until 2025, unless they sign an extension as Barry Larkin would
1: like them to do. Then
2: he's here through 2024.
1: Yeah. I'm not ready to go all, in at all yeah. on an extension talk, but I, I mean, clearly, uh... You know he's in his 30s already, Jeff. So you know we've talked time and time again that you know eventually Father Time catches up with everybody. I don't think the Red should overextend. They shouldn't overcommit. But there is nothing wrong with utilizing Farmer until such time that someone better can be put in the lineup. And uh, I'm here for it. Yeah, I'm I'm here for it as well. And you know we we had that
2: video of him kind of talking about third base. He also had some comments last night because we mentioned it. Nick Castellanos return to great American ballpark. It was great to see him. I was in my fields every time he was up the bat. He even had an at bat with the bases loaded that I was like, you know, if he hits a grand slam right here, I'm not going to be that mad. And it was again, I think it was against Mike minor. It, it might've been against a relief pitcher, but whatever. He ended up striking out in that at bat. But uh, Kyle farmer had some nice things to say about his former team. Uh,
3: I love Nick. He's uh, he's one of a kind. He's, he was a great part of this team for two years, and uh, I'm, we miss him a lot, I miss him a lot. And uh, I mean, no words can describe what type of person he is, and uh, he's a great friend and a great teammate.
1: Not going to go down the rabbit hole, not going to go on the side journey about what should have happened last offseason, Jeff, but it was great to see Nick Castellanos back in Cincinnati. It was great to see his family back in Cincinnati. Uh, they had a suite at great American ballpark for this game. Uh, a lot of cute pictures of Nick's uh, newest child. Uh, I think his name is Otto. I'm not sure. I think that's the name. Uh, the Reds, you know, gave him one of the first Reds game, uh, you know, congratulations. First Reds games, attendance certificates, uh, you know, I saw pictures of them posted from the suite. Uh, Nick's mom was posting on social media about how great it was to be back in Cincinnati. You know, uh, this family very quickly became a, a fan favorite in the Queen City. And, mm-hmm. you know, not only were they embraced by the city, but they embraced the city back. When I was doing Reds Alert before joining you here on Locked on Reds, I had a uh, you know, Nick's mom and uh, his brother, Ryan, both on the podcast, Michelle and Ryan were guests with me on reds alert. You know, they're just really just a baseball family that they, they love their, they love their Nick Castellanos and they love baseball and they don't hesitate to talk about either one. And it's just so much fun to to have them back in town for a minute.
2: Yeah. And then there were, you know, there was an article in the inquiry. I think Bobby Nightingale wrote it that, he was talking to Nick Castellanos and he, he mentioned he went to breakfast with Jonathan India and how much he loves India and how much he thinks that he is just one of the best players he's ever best teammates he's ever had. And, and different things like that, that really make me miss Nick Castellanos. And, and I'm with you. We're not going to go into the thing we've talked about it many a times about his comments about how he wanted to remain a red and, just never saw any sort of interest from the Reds on that but to see him here and I'm going down to the ballpark tonight I'm very much going to be standing whenever he comes to the plate and clapping and I know that I missed that boat last night but whatever I'm still going to do it Uh, I, I, I just it's great to see him back and the fact that so much love still comes from him to the city of Cincinnati and vice versa
1: Well, I'll tell you what, Jeff. It's great to have Castellanos back. It's great that we are seeing things to be excited about with this Reds team, even if everything is definitely not going their way. Things like Kyle Farmer uh, proving himself as more than just a utility player and maybe a viable option on the hot corner. Uh, The Reds seem to have found some guys, Jeff, that can deliver big, uh, especially when they're batting in the bottom of the lineup. Uh, You and I will break that down. Uh, But first, I want to tell everyone about someone else that delivers big, and that's the folks over at Built Bar. If you haven't tried the Built Bar Puffs yet, you are depriving yourself of one of life's greatest joys. And guess what? There is a new flavor. Are you ready for this? It's delicious. It's indulgent cookie dough. Covered in chocolate. That's right. Built has done it again. Let me introduce you to the new favorite cookie dough chunk puffs. They have a light and chewy texture. Uh, They're real cookie dough chunks and, of course, covered and 100% real chocolate. You can't go wrong with these things, folks. Cookie dough chunk puffs are only 160 calories, and they have a whopping 15 grams of protein jam-packed inside them. I don't know how they do it over there at Built Bar, but they get it done. You can run to built.com right now and snag a box for you and the family. It will be the perfect treat. Or, you know, if you really just don't want to share, you find a nice hiding spot in your house. Maybe if your name is Jeff Carr, you have a whole stash in your office where Hannah Carr can't find them. I'm just saying I'm you not bet trying you. to out anybody, but I know for a fact that that's how things work over there <laughs> like all built bars the new cookie dough chunk puff is covered in 100 real chocolate that means they're healthy and they are tasty uh chocolate covered cookie dough with a light fluffy texture oh my god it is so good you're going to love the new cookie dough chunk puffs uh whether you need a snack for your workout or a late night treat or you're just looking to grab a quick bite between meetings while you're on the run built is the perfect protein bar and they taste better than a candy bar ditch the calories ditch the fat ditch the sugar and grab yourself a built bar and right now at built.com use the promo code locked on 15 that's locked on 15 to get yourself 15% off your next order at built.com Again, that promo code is locked on 15 to save 15% at built.com Coming up later this week, we are going to have a crossover episode as we sit down and break down the Phillies series with the one and only Connor Thomas, the host of Locked on Phillies. That's going to be a great show. Can't wait for you to get to hear it all right jeff uh we've kind of teased this a little bit the bottom of the reds lineup really kind of came up big in the game last night uh it's guys that in some cases you didn't expect to be contributing it's guys in some cases you didn't think were going to be on the team and it's guys that really shouldn't be on the team but somehow <laughs> it was a perfect storm a, a convoluence of effects that resulted in runs for the reds yeah last
2: night it was all about albert omora Mark Reynolds or Matt Reynolds. Mark,
1: See, you don't even know his name. That is what I'm talking about. (laughs) You know, people don't even know who this guy is. And he's out there delivering RBIs against the multi-million dollar payroll of the Philadelphia Phillies
2: and, and Michael Papirski, And and the saddest part about that is, is I've really liked Matt Reynolds all year. I just brain fart there. You know, it's me being me. Uh, but when I look at these three dudes, yes, you're looking at dudes who are basically trying to build a resume for next year. Are they going to be here? Probably. Are they going to be on another team that's in a transition period? Probably, but I I don't necessarily look at either one of these guys and get inspired and think, oh my gosh, yes, they got to play every single day, but they've all come up big in different spots and they just all happened to do it at once
1: last night. Well, and that's true. And some of them have showed us some things, you know, in greater sample sizes others have not. Let's start with Matt Reynolds. That's Matt Reynolds for just a minute because in the month of July, Jeff, he really came up kind of big for the Reds. I mean, Huge. you know, he didn't slug a whole lot, but if you look at his slash line, you know, he has a, a 3.17 batting average for the month of July, but here's the thing, an on-base percentage of 3.91. Now he slugged only 3.66, but that 3.91 on-base percentage for the month of July that's pretty impressive for a guy yeah. that was placed on waivers by the Mets
2: and I think it's interesting to note that Matt Reynolds is one of those guys that we're going to look back on and see some numbers that just aren't really inspiring especially when you look at you know kind of some of the months like August he's not been that inspiring on it on the slash line and things like that but he's a guy that's had some nice moments it feels like He's a very solid bench bat, a good pinch hitter guy to come in. Like, say you got a tie game and guys on second base, Matt Reynolds is going to deliver a single where the fielders aren't, he's not going to be a guy that comes up and hits a massive home run or, you know, laces a triple down the line or something like that, but he's the kind of guy that's going to give you that single that you need in a tight spot to keep the rally going and you need those guys base good baseball teams are made up of bench bats just like matt reynolds and i love to see the different contributions that he had i'm going to remember matt reynolds very well from this year
1: you know coming up through the the 90s and and the 1990 world world series champions team that the reds the wire the wire team uh, you know, they had a guy, Luis Quinones, and a lot of people know that name. And there's a lot of reasons why people know that name. And right. you know it, if you know it, you know why you know it. But The fact of the matter is, you know, Luis quinones wasn't a guy that you expected to be a starter. He wasn't a person you were going to put in your lineup and expect him to go three for four and deliver big, but he was somebody you could bring off the bench. And when he came into the batter's box, you thought to yourself, okay, this guy can give us a chance to continue this rally, to get things going, to do something. And Matt Reynolds is that kind of guy. He's not something spectacular. You don't look for him to come off and win the game with a home run in the bottom of the ninth off the bench. You don't look for him for that but you do look for him to step into the batter's box and you think to yourself all right he can give us a chance to build a rally to get something going to get a guy on base uh, off the bench hitting off the bench is not easy you've been sitting there the whole game you've been watching you're not loose you're not stretched out you haven't had a chance to get your timing throughout the game and, and you're asked to come up and do something so these guys that can do that with fair fairly consistently these guys that can deliver in spot starts and limited roles you know i tip my hat to them because that's not easy and and matt reynolds has made it at times
2: look easy right and then you also look at guys like almora and Papirski. these aren't guys that i really think and i know that like in the month of june we were wondering will we see almora back next year will we see him kind of pushing some other outfielders a little bit he has proven through the month of july and august that that is not the case but you know
1: offensively yeah, offensively.
2: Offensively, uh, he
1: is he is silky yeah. smooth in center field, man. He is he is fun to watch play the outfield, but yeah, he hasn't hit the broadside of a barn.
2: Yeah, he's a very good defensive replacement, which probably means he's the last guy on a bench of a playoff team. But I I still like the contributions that you see from these guys because that's that's the part of a rebuilding season like this, right? Like you look at the record, you look at the different statistics that the Reds are putting up and you're just like, why on earth are people watching this team? You're going to get to see some guys that you wouldn't normally see some guys that probably are just trying to stick into the big leagues and they have their own unique stories because of that. I mean, Albert Amora scored the game winning run in the world series for the Cubs. Like it's not as if he hasn't done anything in his career. He's been around the block, but to still see him, kind of getting the chance to play with the reds it's it's things like that that are at least a little bit inspiring as a baseball fan to get to watch
1: and 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 you're absolutely right so you've got you've got a guy like Reynolds that can be valuable and that probably will be around somewhere maybe not in Cincinnati but somewhere and you've got guys like Almora that are just kind of kind of scrap for some new baseball life they've done some things they've had some opportunities they haven't quite delivered but maybe there's still something there and then you have Michael Papirski, who has no business on a major league roster has no business in major league baseball. And yet here we are with him driving in RBIs.
2: Do not make him the backup catcher next year, please. Nick crawl, please don't get it twisted. Yeah, no. I mean, it's nice to see. And he hits a home run off of Corbin burns the other day. Like what? That, what? Papierski it's baseball, baby it yeah, baseball. Is baseball, Papierski. And, and that's what, probably the biggest takeaway with these three guys is these guys are baseball. Not every day. Do you see a 400 hitter getting the chance to hit 400 every so often you see a buck 50 hitter, get the chance to hit 400. That's just the way baseball is, man. It's, it's so weird and fun and just crazy. And, and guys like Michael Papierski
1: absolutely perpetuate that. And, you know, in a season you know, I, I keep saying all the time, Jeff, you know, it's a lost season. It doesn't matter what they do as far as those kind of things go. But it's fun when these, I mean, really? Michael Papirski, Really? Unlikely guys. Unlikely you know, he guys. Homers, he homers off the, the, the reigning Cy Young. And <laughs> I mean, who would have thunk?
2: We will always have that moment. But yeah, no, the Reds lineup right now is being carried by some unlikely heroes. And I'm interested to see if that continues tonight. Speaking of tonight, TJ Zoik gets another crack at this whole starting pitching thing. And we have some thoughts as to how he can succeed. And if you want thoughts on how you can succeed on your next sports wager, you got to head to Bet Online. .net. In fact, tonight's game with Zoic and Kyle Gibson for the Phillies on the mound. BetOnline thinks there's going to be a lot of runs scored in this one. The over-under is set at nine and a half. And, whoo boy, that looks tantalizing to me. I don't
1: know. Steve, I think it's that time again. Hit the over. Oh, my goodness. You in the over. I wonder (laughs) if you even – do you even read the lines? I think that's just like – I'm getting you a coffee (laughs) mug that says
2: take the over. Take the over. Nine and a half. And if you want to learn more about a great bet, head on over to betonline.net because they've got you covered when it comes to all sports, not just Major League Baseball. They've got NFL futures galore. We've got Bengals football back, baby. Hootay. And they're not favored to win the division for whatever reason. So you can check that out today at betonline.net. Plus I've got NBA, NHL, all that Excuse other. Me, stuff. Excuse
1: me, sir. Did you did you say who day? I said hood day, yeah.
2: Hood. Yeah. Anyway. Derail the Bet Online ad. That's all right. Bet Betonline is where the game starts. Thanks again for making us your first listen today. Make sure that you're following us on Twitter. You can follow me at Jeff Carr with three Fs. You can follow Steve at S Offenbaker with two Fs and you can follow the show at locked on reds. We're going to give you takes thoughts, general musings, and probably mostly just nonsense on Twitter in between episodes. So make sure. You check that out. Plus we have a discord server as well. That link is in the description below. If you want to join that basically just, you know, group therapy during the games. We just, you know, talk, just, just talk. And let's talk right now about TJ Zoik because TJ Zoik is making his second career start that. Oh my gosh. I'm pretty sure he's probably happy. It's not going to be in city field. Local kid finally gets his first crack at starting on the mound at his local favorite team. Ooh, this is going to be interesting, though, against this Phillies lineup that, honestly, they only scored four runs last night. They've been on fire recently. I'm a little bit worried that that over is going to be hit just because of what the Phillies are going to do tonight, Steve.
1: Oh, you know, I have a hard time pronouncing his name, and I keep calling him Zoink, right? And <laughs> Zoinks, he, he got tagged in New York, and I just... I. I don't see much of a different outcome for him against this Phillies lineup. I mean, like like, why uh, can't he start his career
2: against the pirates? Like Reeve San Martín Martin,
1: like right? Because no (laughs) great American ballpark, this Phillies lineup and, and him grooving 92 mile an hour fastballs down the heart of the plate. I I just doesn't seem like it's going to be a pretty combination. I mean, we've been fooled before things, stranger things have happened, but uh, you know, you said bet the over before you, you, got me all excited by saying who and I derailed the ad, <laughs> but I'm, I'm, I'm with you. There's probably going to be a lot of runs scored tonight. And a lot of them are probably going to be scored by the Phillies.
2: The, the way that he succeeds, because I was looking at the pitch arsenal that he put up there in his first start against the Mets, he threw a lot of pitches and the four pitches that he threw were a sinker, slider cutter, and a change. And he tries to keep them all low, but he was putting them over the heart of the plate a lot and they were getting clobbered a lot. And especially I think Tyler Naquin had a really good day on that day, which, you know, shout out to former red Tyler Naquin. So with this, I'm looking at how does he stop that from happening? how does he live on the corners, which is tough because then that brings in the chance that he's going to have a lot of walks. And that's really where he's going to fail tonight is if he gives up a lot of walks. So I'm hoping he can induce some soft contact, but it just didn't seem like looking at the numbers, the spin rate was very low for a guy that you would expect to be getting a lot of ground balls. The break on his pitches just wasn't quite there. So I think there's got to be a marked difference, almost a complete transformation in his game for him to kind of keep the scoreboard honest.
1: You know, let's not forget that this is a former first round draft pick. So you, you have to hope that maybe Derek Johnson has had some time to work with him now. The key to success for him, it's really simple. He is not going to overpower this Phillies lineup. No. There, there's no chance of that happening. Uh, the biggest success for him is just what you hit upon. Limit the walks, and he has to get them to roll ground balls. Balls in the air in Cincinnati at Great American Ballpark in August yes. is not a good outcome for anybody that's wearing a Cincinnati Reds uniform. So th- for me, the keys to success are this. Do not walk, guys get ground balls. If he can do those two things, the Reds have a fighting chance in this game tonight.
2: I agree. And really the thing with TJ Zoic, because we mentioned this in before his last start was how many times do we really expect them to start? He's probably going to get two or three more starts just with the way the injury situations play out. Uh, I, I read the other day that Connor Overton is on track to return, but that's not going to be until September. So I'm interested to see what he brings to the table because the way that this reds pitching staff is going to be the rest of the year is just going to be a patchwork. Like who, who is healthy, who can eat some innings, who's ready to go because we are going to see some management. I mean, especially with Graham Ashcraft's innings coming up here soon. I firmly believe that.
1: No, you're absolutely right. If, if let's, let's hopefully fingers crossed for, you know, the YouTube guys can see me crossing my fingers, the audio guys, I'm crossing my fingers, no more injuries to starting pitching because right now basically what you're looking at is Dunn and zoic zoic staying in this lineup until such time that green and overton return because i think if green and overton return so until until that happens you know these are our guys and and i think that
2: your assessment is correct about brandon williamson we're not going to see him till next year and I've seen his numbers kind of tick up a little bit, uh in triple A, so it's probably still an adjustment period for him. And I don't think the Reds are going to try to rush him to the major leagues to watch him fail in the major leagues. It's something that I will continue to have in my mind rolling around, something that Cowboys said on the radio broadcast about they need to fail at the minor league level before they can fail at the major league level. Because well, if and, they fail
1: and, and that same yeah thought process holds true for Stout. We're not going to see him for the right. same reasons. He hasn't had a lot of exposure at AAA. I think it would be unfair to him to bring him to Cincinnati and let Major League hitters you know, beat his brains out for no good reason other than to eat innings especially when
2: there's a lot of reports that he already may be trending in the direction of a lever rather than a starter. Cause then you're asking him to fail in two different areas. And then I think that you're killing his confidence at that point. So I, I, I hear everybody who's saying, but what about Williamson? What about stout? Why don't we see them? That's the reason that Zoik was called up in the first place. I think if Williamson was going to get called up, he was already going to be oh. here.
1: Oh, yeah, absolutely. There, there's no question in my mind uh, that if, if they were going to do it, it would have been that start in New York. Yeah, uh, and, so. and they didn't. And they didn't. So the, unless, unless, like I said, I mean, we don't, we can't really absorb any more injuries in the starting rotation. So, I mean, if other people get hurt or Ashcraft hits a hard cap on innings, you know, we may have a different conversation about who comes up to to fill in. But, you know, barring either of those two things happening, no. If they were going to activate either one of those guys, it would have happened already.
2: And I do remember early on in the season, Nick crawl was talking about some different players that people were asking about different prospects and things like that, or, you know, youngsters as you would call them, um, <laughs> whether or not they would get called up if injuries necessitated it. And he's like, we don't necessarily want to rush someone's development because the major league team is shorthanded. And I think at that point, cause I think it was like may at that point, he knew this team wasn't going anywhere. And with this team, not really playing for anything. I can see some more names that we've not really necessarily talked about in the minor league segments and prospect segments coming up and getting some innings because it's, it's just going to be, how do you get from now to the end of the season with this pitching staff and not jeopardizing the development of some key guys who are going to be here when the reds are good.
1: You know, it's, it's a great, it's a great exercise just trying to figure out what this team's going to do on a daily <laughs> basis, Jeff. And, you know, sometimes we're right. And sometimes we're not. And most of the time we're not, it usually results in some kind of head scratching move by Nick crawl. So this yeah. is what I know. You know, if, if things continue to trend the way that they are, uh, the pitching could probably just be patchwork the rest of the way for 2022, uh, with no real clear direction of what they're going to do other than just survive the season but that is probably a good spot to wrap it up for today jeff Uh, that is going to do it for this edition of locked on reds coming up on the next podcast we are going to react to game two of this series with the phillies that has zoic on the mound for the reds and nick castellanos in the visitors dugout thanks for making locked on red your first listen of the day now make your second listen the locked on mlb podcast mlb expert paul francis sullivan brings humor passion and his unique perspective on every team and the biggest stories around the league for you to listen to follow the number one daily league-wide podcast locked on mlb on the odyssey app youtube or wherever you get your podcast jeff uh, you're heading down to the old ball yard and i hope to see some good uh pictures and reaction from you uh say hi to nick cassianos for all of us and then report back and what can our listeners count on from us the rest of the way.
2: They can count on us keeping them up to date on who's pitching, if they're pitching good, and who else is going to be pitching. And they can count on us to be locked on a Reds every single day. Hey, prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad free on Amazon Music.